Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Cincy Brewcast. The voice of Cincy Craft. I guess it's welcome back. This may be your first time tuning into the show. If, if that's the case, welcome. This is a craft beer podcast. We journey around to all of our wonderful local craft breweries and we sit down with uh, people who, who own the places, make the beer, drink the beer. You, you get the idea. It's a, it's a craft beer podcast. We, we drink beer. Uh, this week, we are getting back out to Streetside. I haven't been here in like a year, like year. almost exactly yeah. a year. Yep. That seems to kind of be the um, uh, the way it's settling in for a lot of places. Like once a year, I get to sit down and do yeah. a podcast. It's well, when there's eighty breweries, that's that's true. It's hard. It, it becomes hard yeah. to <laughs> to get out to them all. It's a a good problem to have. Um, Garrett, welcome back to the show. Thank you, sir. Uh, your eleventh uh, visit on the show. I think. Okay. Um, nice. but that's without my notes in front of me, I'm, but I yeah. remember them from Getting running through them last night. Yeah. yeah. You are in one of the, uh, the elite categories of people who have that many appearances. <laughs> you get some kind of a jacket. I think at, uh, at 15, maybe who's at 15. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just made, say, that, just made that like number up last time. It was, uh, Evan and Brett. Uh, Brett is definitely still up there. Evan. I haven't had Evan on the show for a while. Um, uh, Andy Reynolds down at Alexandria has been on a bunch. Yeah. He's probably up there. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of it's, yeah. it's what happens after you do this for a certain number of years. Um, you guys are preparing for fifth anniversary. Correct. Um, yep. <laughs> when we were here last year, yeah, it was uh, September ish. We thought we were kind of on our way out of this COVID bullshit. Sure did. <laughs> And then kind of got hit again with, yeah. uh, which, uh, you know, we won't jinx anything saying anything this time, but, um, the last year and a half have been a little, uh, a little crazy, uh, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Um, were, was there a point where you guys were concerned that, uh, maybe this, this wasn't going to, uh, to work? Um, no, I think we, I mean, no. Not really. Maybe last year when everything came down and I was, I, it was everything, every day was a new, was a new unknown. Um, We, I think that was the most nerve wracking. I would say like that March, April, May time. And then basically once everything opened back up, I haven't been concerned again. Um, Is it like just because you're, you are every day kind of focused on that next thing, just kind of just on grinding, grinding, grinding. Kinda. And so you don't I mean, have time it, to think about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of it's that some of it's, uh, I mean a lot at this point, once they list, li- eh, once they lifted all the man, the mask mandates, everything got back to normal. I mean, I mean, it, there's, we still have some of the benefits of like having the, right. the tent outside, uh, the, for people who want to sit outside and want to be socially distanced and not that we aren't socially distanced, but in here for the most part, um, but there's, there's levels to what you can do when you go out now and and depending on where your comfort level is or, um, the business that you're in their comfort level, there's, there's these different levels of ways you can still get out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and it's, uh, we've got, it's, we're still set up for everyone. It's not like, you can you have to come here and you're in a tight space with right. no air moving and it's it's a little bit nerve-wracking if you don't have a mask on um uh, but it is i mean we're, we're back to normal yeah. i mean it's i know that it's not normal it's the, well, the world is not like where we were 
in 2019, but it's we're, we as a business are pretty much back to normal with the exception of like now we can everything right. or almost everything. Um, but we were probably going to do that anyway. I mean, we bought the canning line before, I mean, we bought in November, 2019. So before anything, we even knew what was going on. We, we had that purchase. So right. it came in February of last year and then we shut down what was March 14th or whatever. Yeah. And we did for three months, we canned everything and then, or for mostly everything. And then we've still been kind of doing the same thing. I think we've only kegged uh, three or four batches in totality. Um, it's a little bit more even split now, 50-50 cans to kegs. Uh, but, I mean, we haven't, we've changed a little bit. Uh, we got a we got a new small tank to do like small batch, not one-offs, but like variants. Right. Um, it's kind of like uh, for our, I don't know when this will air, but. Uh, Monday. Okay. Well, I don't know the date of what that is, uh, but next Monday. So we'll have the pumpkin spice latte return of the Mac came out two weeks ago when you're hearing this. Um, and that was, we only did 25 cases of that. That was super small batch just to get a little something out there that was, was different. That that's been our biggest change in the last couple of months was, uh, more small batch stuff. Right. Um, that tank has allowed us to do smaller barrel projects. Uh, so, Kind of just was that something that you were thinking about before yeah. COVID? Or yeah, so we talked about it for a long time. Um, Corey Roden, uh, the esteemed home brewer, right. for those who know and who also collabed with us along with Brandon Lomax on uh, John Lennon, uh, has been telling me I should get, I should get that um, that tank forever just to be able to do small barrel projects, do smaller uh, small runs of single barrels or. Um, really heavily adjuncted barrels or whatever something that's just a little bit different and smaller releases to try to sell out quicker as a craft beer drinker like there is still this thing as much as i think the industry is shifting a little bit and you are getting people that are more likely to kind of drift into either traditional styles or kind of those those regular beers in their fridge that they always have in their fridge right there is still this thing as a craft beer drinker where you want something new every time you crack open yeah, a beer yeah, you're just sure. constantly searching yeah. for i don't know what we're searching for but we're just we just want to keep trying new things and keep yeah. expanding that um that idea of what a beer is so yeah and we've definitely found i mean that's that's been something that we found out it's something that we've always known but uh it's something that we leaned into more heavily this summer was making large batches and then breaking them down into smaller batches so uh, like today they're taking 45 barrels of kettle sour and breaking them out into two two different kettle sours for the anniversary uh, or one for the anniversary one just for a normal release they'll probably end up coinciding with the anniversary and right. then into the three and a half uh, to do something super limited that will also be coinciding with the anniversary sounds like a lot of work it is <laughs> it is it's today's gonna suck so <laughs> Well, hopefully this is the highlight of it. This should be the easy <laughs> yeah, part. This is, this is definitely the easy uh, part. We need to drink a beer because yeah. there's something in front of me. Because yep. you guys, you guys are fridge. prepping for your anniversary. Like I said, there is a whole bunch of stuff. I have a list of the things you've announced as of now. Yeah. Um, well, and we can even talk about, I think by the time that everyone hears this, everything will be announced. So I won't be breaking any news. Uh, but so I, I, I have 
as of recording this so far, you the re-release of Black is Beautiful in cans. Yep. Uh, triple dry hopped sub raw. Yep. Uh, VV Lux, so extra extra vanilla double milk. God, that's a that's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. <laughs> uh, double fruited raspberry beret. Yep. I think that's all that's been announced so far. Yep. So, uh, hold on, let me pull up my list. Uh, so today, uh, they're fruiting. We're doing our first slushy sour. Oh boy! Uh, Too cool, volume two or volume one? Excuse me. Uh, it'll be a rotating series. It's we're uh, kind of going into that same. Uh, we, we've got Vibe Merchant. Uh, right. We just released Volume 2 a couple weeks ago. And that's um, a rotating hop rotate, series. Yeah, rotating hop, rotating yeast. Uh, same, same malt every time. Um, and we're going to be doing that with uh, slushies. I don't know how often they will release, uh, but this first one will be Strawberry Daiquiri. Ooh. Um, so, yeah, we're doing that today. And then Little Balls of Blue. And then Four Horsemen, uh, which is a Fat Elvis barrel aged sour. Uh, we'll drink that. You guys will get to hear about that. Um, and then we're doing double marshmallow bottles of Four Horsemen. Ooh. Um, we have Time is a Flat Circle that we're, we cellared. Uh, that was our collab with Braxton Labs. Uh, we cellared some of those cans. We'll re-release that. Um, Plague Doctor barley wine that we cellared. Uh, we cellared some kegs, cellared some cans. That'll be released. Barley wine, Eslavita, the last keg. Jesus Christ. That should be coming out. <laughs> um, and then some of John's stouts that have mostly gone to barrel. John, um, yours, uh, previous of, of Listerman, he's been, we've been doing a ton of stouts this summer. Um, and we've saved some kegs off all of those. So we've got um, one is, oh my God, is it just toasted coconut? I should remember. <laughs> That's a lot of beers to try yeah, to remember. Uh, German chocolate cake and then coconut latte. And then I think this has not been confirmed yet, but I think we're going to do like a snowball uh, stout. And then I think that is it. Oh my God. I'm probably missing something. Yeah, we're going to have a lot. I mean, it's it's a lot of stuff. Um, it's five years. I mean, it's, and it's, well, it's five years and three days. So we got to do, we gotta do a lot of stuff. Five years, but also considering a year and a half of that was what the last year and a half right. has been like it's there is definitely a reason to kind of right. to celebrate right. and, well, and, and let loose a little bit and you know you guys are I, I you know not that you didn't know who you were before but every year it just becomes more and more defined and you you, you do figure out who street side is and like that 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 is something definitely in my opinion to to celebrate as you settle in yeah i mean I, and i think with with the, I mean, we've we've kind of just like evolved with the with the market. I think. Right. I think that's the biggest thing is like we've followed, we followed some of the trends, or we followed a lot of the trends. I mean, we still make, we still make a lot of beers that appeal to everyone, but we've definitely like, with hiring John, we we leaned into pastry sales. Right. That's what he knows. That's what he's good at. Um, we we leaned into that. I mean, so yeah, we, let's let's drink a beer. Say, so what we have in front of us will be released on Saturday, the Saturday before you hear this. Um, so this is our collab with Pontoon. It's called Unlimited Power. It is an imperial pastry stout with chocolate and marshmallow. Uh, Jared came up here. So Pontoon is where Jared, yeah. formerly of Listerman, yep. where he ended up. Yep. So he came up uh, a couple oh, weeks ago. Great. And yeah, this turned out really well. Uh, it's Dutch cocoa power powder and a ton of marshmallows. 
Yeah, I get the the cocoa yeah. big. Um, the marshmallows when you mention it, yeah, that's yeah. they're definitely there. But yeah, that, I think you can smell them. I think the aroma of them is is pretty intense. That's a, that's awesome. I I wouldn't you know it's it's funny both pastry stouts and a lot of like the New Englands or the milkshakes. I would never claim those as the styles that I yeah gravitate towards. But yeah, every time agree. every time I drink them, I'm like my god, that's good. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like it's it's nice to drink. Uh, I don't I don't drink a ton of them, but when I do, I enjoy them, and I think that. Uh, John's edition has has definitely um, upped our stout game pretty significantly. He's uh, helped us tweak some of the recipes. Even like Black is Beautiful, I tweaked a little bit with with some of uh, some of his knowledge and guidance. Um, well, it's a it's a perfect pickup as a business for you guys because it's not that you weren't already known for stouts. Right. I mean, you've you guys have cranked out some incredible stuff. It just kind of it takes that and focuses it even more and gives you more of a more of a strength in it more of a right. more of a uh, um, more of a focus that right. you can kind of lean on. Well, and we were only doing. I mean, we didn't have. We only had three bases in the in the four bases, I guess, in the uh, barrels when he when he started. We had collab with Masthead that uh, is going on like nine eight nine months old uh we had four horsemen which obviously we were releasing we had barley wine and then we had uh demogorgon basically or right. variants of demogorgon so it was um we needed to we needed to add some something else to our uh, to our catalog to be able to like keep up with every keep up with everyone who's making good stouts right um and I think this is this will be a nice way to do it. Also, with this three and a half, and having all these new barrels, it's definitely going to enable us to like release stuff periodically. So we're not leaning on doing a demogorgon day, right. and just releasing everything at the same time. We're just releasing everything on the anniversary party. We can periodically release things. Whereas last year or this year, really, we only I think we only did two or three barrel age releases. Um, mostly because we were saving everything for Demogorgon Day. Right. Um, Which we'll talk about, too. Yeah. Um, so. so when you talk about keeping up with other people that are doing great stouts, are you talking locally or are you just are you looking much bigger than that when you're trying, you know, some of these stouts that are I mean, around? Low, low call may low call be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's... Because you guys don't distribute far right, and wide. Right, right, right. So, I mean... Which it's, is, it's always fascinating to me when, when you know, you talk about keeping up with the industry or trying right. to do things when it's it's very different sometimes for some of these places for that sure. your quote-unquote competition if you right. want to call it that is very different here than it might be if you were somewhere else yeah um and i think some of it is like coming with the collabs that we've done so with microphone mm-hmm. learned learned a bunch we bought a piece of equipment specifically because i was there and i was talking to those guys and I, they were telling me they were they were singing the praises of this just like it's basically just an infusion tank it's great for all the stuff that we've been doing um as opposed to like hanging bags of coconut or coffee or whatever in the tanks and then having to pull them out after the the beer is sat on it for an extended period of time i mean we this is the pontoon beer that we're drinking right now is it's um we're that was jared sean from pontoon john and i all like talking about writing the recipe and all that uh we had whiskey hill here was here 
um, a couple of weeks ago. They're from Chicago. Uh, that was the fraudulent activity, right. which will also be on draft at the anniversary party. Um, we still have some cans, but they should probably be gone by then. Um, but all, I mean, all the seeing how they do things. That's something that I think people don't, you know, I say people, you know, the average craft beer drinker doesn't realize about collaborations as, as much as it's about making a beer that right. you can kind of share um, your love for other breweries that maybe aren't here. Right. Like it, it is also kind of getting together and be like, oh, yeah, how, how, do, how do you guys do right. this? Right. And, and kind of incorporating some of those other right. ideas. The conversations that maybe pop up aren't even about that thing you're making. It may be something completely unrelated, right. but just getting those people together to kind of just talk about process. Yeah, I mean, and the more you do it, the more you learn. Um, you might not take a ton from the from the collab, but I mean, if you if you pick up one little bit of something, uh, then it's worth it. Right. So uh, I know from. Uh, when we did the Brink collab uh, earlier this year, uh, Drew likes to use, I don't, I don't know if I, I'm not gonna pull up Drew's spot. <laughs> we learned something from Drew that we we then utilized in uh, in a beer. Uh, like He puts a smidgen of earwax exactly. on, in every Disgusting. beer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we so we, we- He doesn't do that, guys, that's We learned a little bit from him, or we learned something about one of his processes that I had never even thought about, and we talked about doing, but ne- had never done. And we used it in um, came through dripping, so which was the double strawberry uh, milkshake IPA. Right. I don't remember. There's a lot of other stuff. <laughs> I think I can't. I can't remember that beer at all. But uh, I just remember that it's a lot of strawberry um, and a lot of lactose. What? There's. I mean, you guys do hit a lot of trends and a lot right. of new things and play around with a lot of stuff. What right now as a drinker gets you excited versus as a business owner or as a brewer or as a, the, a beer geek? Right. I think I'm most like, I'm most excited about, um, vibe merchant, uh, like as a series, I've liked both of them. Um, batch two was better, was a, was a significantly better beer than batch one. Um, so batch one, what I mean, remember, you'll have to forgive me. I'm not <laughs> remembering all the, all the hops that were in it, but we used a blend of, uh, we used a blend of just a blend of standard yeast. It was, I think Conan and, uh, London three, which is like, that's pretty much the two the New England. The, yeah, they yeast. are the standard, uh, New England yeast. And we were like, all right, well, let's use a blend and see how it goes. It was fine. I, I liked it. It was uh, it was what a New England should taste like. I thought it was a good New England. I thought it blended well with the hops. But this Vibe Merchant Volume 2, um, we used uh, this this genetically modified yeast from um, Omega called Cosmic Punch. So basically, they, they, uh, they used like the CRISPR, I guess. <laughs> I don't exactly know. I'm not a genetic. I'm not like a geneticist so this is this might sound stupid to anyone who knows about this more than me but they go in and genetically modify the yeast to turn on um, a gene that will um, express thiols which is a this is so this is so in the weeds no but just, just bear with me bear with me i promise that i promise that like once we get to the end you'll understand so thiols are like um, white grape 
Okay. Aromas and taste. Uh, so when you when you express that gene, it it allows the yeast to to uh, I guess to activate and use those styles to pr- produce. Uh, those aromas. So is this the one that you had with that had some Nelson and yeah, stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, okay. yeah. That, that so, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so now. we so we leaned into that. Um, we leaned into that white grape, the New Zealand aroma, kind yeah, of stuff with the hops. And I think when it when it came out, it was uh, it was I mean it was very white wine forward. Um, and I think it it was an interesting it was an interesting experiment. I'd like to continue to use it. Um, it was it's definitely like the most like science heavy beer i think we've ever done like there was a lot of like i i was doing a lot of research on it um and it's probably for your average beer nerd or even consumer it's not all that it's not who who gives a shit right it's whatever it's a it's a yeast but like if you're like into that and like into like the differences between yeast like that's that is as interesting as it gets and that's like the next that's like the next wave of things that people will i think will you'll see a lot of is people utilizing genetically modified yeast to well, to, well, to, to do different variations of di- different beers or to uh express aromas that you can't that you won't get i mean i i know that uh i don't know if you've heard like the philly sour but it's huh. the, it's the uh it's like a basic saccharomyces yeast that uh just it's just like a kettle sour it's just like you have to you throw it in and it just yeah, like sours I, on its own i and think I, i've, I've I heard about it but not it. as a philly yeah. sour yeah i think that's that's a specific brand of it sorry I'm, well i'm talking loud i'm getting passionate. no you're fine I'm getting excited <laughs> even even like the idea of the quebec yeast and like mm. the things that that's doing for the industry and yeah. enabling people to do some fun yeah. stuff that maybe they um just the experimentation on that that yeast side of stuff is for sure it, it, it just every every time you have a group of people focusing on one of those ingredients of beer the whole thing just gets better and sure. better yeah. and better and you know it's yeah. it's it's crazy to think that you know brewing has been around for how many hundreds of years at this point and you still have advancements being made and people dialing this idea of making dirty water yeah and, you know, no, i mean a, it's 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 crazy and i think just yeast isn't like where it's going to stop. I mean, right. not that they're going to genetically modify everything, but there's, uh, I mean, one of the, one of the cooler things that we found is, um, sugar Creek. Malt. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, that is a place. Yes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> in, in Indiana? This bad, yeah. This is bad yeah. advertising for them. Um, but they, they do a crystal rye that we started using in a bunch of our stouts and it's fantastic. Um, or in anything we did a rye wine with pretentious, and it was like I think we it was like fifteen percent of this crystal rye, and then we use um, a bunch of malt from Riverbend down in um, down in Asheville, mm-hmm. and it was the weirdest beer that I've ever had. Uh, Pretentious took half; they're gonna sour it. We were aging most of it in, bar- in bourbon barrels. We got one keg of it. I think we're just probably gonna hold off on it because it's too weird. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we just made a rye wine with with local malt and a, a malt that like you can't. You really can't get anywhere else because this guy, Caleb, took rye, threw it in his roaster, and, and caramelized it, and it's it's the most unique. It's one of the most unique. That's interesting. Yeah, it's super. I, I mean, it's crazy. Well, and, and it, a beer may be weird, and it may not be a top seller in a right. tap room or something like that, but I 
think that the amount of people that are geeky enough about beer can still appreciate that that leads to the next thing right. and then that next thing leads to this and then all of a sudden you have this this product you're like oh my god this is incredible right. and it's like well yeah it was birthed because of this 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 right. this and right. this of right. just of things that you know maybe you didn't care about yeah. but but they are parts of this bigger puzzle yeah. i think it's i I wish I remember. I feel like the barrels were interesting, but I don't remember what they are. So it's we've got we've got too many now for me to remember. Like, how many barrels do you guys have down there now? Know, you lot. don't even know how many I you have. No, I mean it's over. It's some. I think it's north of. I think it's north of one twenty-five. Wow, uh, which is not a lot it, for some places. But it but is it's, when it's, you look at the space you guys yeah, are dealing I mean, with. It's, and we're yeah, and we and we just added. We had eight more today, or we're adding eight more today with uh, the pontoon collab went into. That's the only thing I know. I, I, was, <laughs> I just, we just filled those barrels. I didn't fill them. Uh, they, that went to uh, OKI barrels, Laird's Apple Brandy barrels, Ooh. and one of the Nash, Nashville Barrel Company barrel picks. And then uh, we're filling Black is Beautiful. We're doing um, two barrels of that for next year. I don't know if it'll be anniversary or what, but. It's just going into two two new rift barrels, um, but yeah, that's that's on on top of all the other stuff we got going on. Today. So the standard question that I feel like I ask every time I'm here: What does this this growth this uh, I mean? It just gets more and more crowded every time I see what you guys are doing here. Um, how does how does that factor into the future of Streetside as far as trying to find ways to expand and keep 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 slow steady growth which as right. we've seen for the last year and a half is extremely important right. you grow too fast and then something happens right. and, and you're kind of stuck I, I mean honestly like some of it is I don't think that there's I think if we maintain how we're going right now I think I think we'd be happy um, we we add a food truck yeah. for everyone who has not been here and that is that is that your is food, our truck. food truck yeah um, so I think it's uh, that was that was a nice that was a nice change um, it's just it's a lot easier to manage everything when it's yours right um, well easier but also e- yeah, another easier and, easier an and harder yeah, easier and harder but easier because we you know when it's going to be open yeah we know, know. <laughs> yeah we know everything everything hopefully nothing goes significantly wrong or like if, if there's an issue it's us fixing it well, that's, if, somebody else or whatever it's so. much easier to deal with a hiccup when it's it's your fault right, or right. something that you yeah. can you can own and, and yep. look i'm sorry that this happened yeah. well, you know yep. it's on us For instead sure. of having to be like man yeah that shouldn't have happened sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> right and then what do you do uh, but yeah i think us having uh, us having that is a nice uh is like a nice natural growth for us um, to expand more into food the uh the tent out in the the parking lot yep is that going to be a permanent kind of beer garden space that'll be out there till 2022 we've we're works we talked about this last year we're exploring a patio right it's just it takes we literally i think we've been working on it since the last time you and i talked so it's just taking a long time um we are if if it debuts it's either going to debut this spring <laughs> or next or 2023 spring. It'll either be built in 
fall of 20 wait it, yeah like is it 2021 <laughs> i had a i had a momentary heart attack because i was like oh fuck i don't remember what year it is well you know what's so messed up like when when we transitioned into 2021 it was like oh god thank you know yeah. you know 2020 is finally over we're just gonna forget that 2020 existed and yeah. then now we're already in september yeah, of 2021 yeah, and i'm like oh like, shit it's our, it's 2021 didn't exist either yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it'll either debut in the spring of 2022 or debut in the spring of 2023. Right. Uh, it just depends on lots of factors. Lots of factors, <laughs> and you can uh, you can blame COVID for if if it doesn't if it doesn't <laughs> appear until 2023. Just you can blame COVID for that one because there are a lot of things. If anyone's building anything out there. Um, good luck to you yeah there you can't well it's you know you see lots of even you know talk houses where you know they'll start building a house and they'll hit a point where they just have to stop yeah because you can't get stuff yeah (laughs) or if you've had to order appliances or something in the last six months you know you just can't get them like it just you know there's there's waiting lists for everything it's it's a pain in the ass but like i i recognize that that is because there are a lot of people that are hurting more than than than, you know my family maybe or Um, even our local beer community which you know when when covid happened when 2020 happened you know there were lots of people that had these predictions of how many breweries were going to lose and all of that and we we did i mean we we lost a couple but you could say that's not because of covid yeah i mean i think it's also that's just like the natural i mean so like i think in the in total in the state i think 12 closed right and i think six were directly attributable to COVID. right I, I think what's more noticeable in cincinnati is that in 2021 as of now and i i don't predict we'll see anybody open this year uh, for the remaining remaining of the year the closing, we, nobody the, opened yeah nobody's open that's yeah. the first year that we've had in cincinnati in, in like a decade where yeah. we haven't had at least one brewery open up like that's that's the more noticeable thing but there are places working on it right that's um, say, i'm trying to think i, I haven't Unless you, I mean, there are tap rooms, I mean, the Listerman Trailhouse, places like right. that have opened up, but that's right. not, it's not a yeah, brewery, guys. It doesn't yeah, count. It's, it's, a, it's an existing. North, it High, existing. North High and Hyde Park is not a brewery, guys. It's a tap room. Yeah. So, Great pizza, but not a tap yeah. room. So they, yeah, that's, I think. Not a brewery. <laughs> I think that'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I think that's probably something that you can probably, I think that was probably almost natural and coming anyway. Yeah. Um. And I think you will probably see it pick back up, but I don't know if they'll ever be to the level where, like, I mean, you look at you look at this, you look at September, and there's like fucking eight <laughs> anniversary parties yeah, going yeah. on. I mean, and, and I'm probably I'm probably on the low end. Well, there might be, and they're all very yeah, close the, ages. Yeah, like yeah. it's you know, yeah. we, you you have like what two or three breweries in town that are older than ten years. Right. Everybody else has been within it's that like, little window. Yeah, like seven to seven to four years old and then everyone else is a little bit more spread out once you get out of that range but yeah i mean it's uh it's crazy to see i mean just like planning this like trying to find a weekend is right um i remember uh when we opened fig leaf was fig leaf and us shared an an anniversary you guys had separate days though right it was like one day apart yeah i think they were i think they opened uh, yeah, it was weird because like we had a. I only count like the the day that we were first legally able to pour a beer as our anniversary. Uh, some other people 
And it's very hard sometimes. Call it <laughs> the grand opening. Some people call it whenever we had the soft opening. So like, there's like three days that you could pick. I mean, that's kind of like why this this uh, this weekend was picked. This weekend is the the 23rd was our soft opening five years ago. Right. So that's why we picked this weekend as opposed to going for the October weekend. Right. Um, and a lot of times that's because um, JBF is around that time, so we try to stay away from JBF. Right. Um, but obviously this year that was last weekend. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so uh, talking about growth, yes. um, you see it happening here. Everybody that's watching can see the things, the, the moves that are being made. And I think it's as of right now, it's being done in a very smart way. You, you look at some of those older places. I, Mount Carmel is the example I always like to use that, that seems like they are slow to do things, but that enables a brewery to last as long as they do. If you, right. if you rush into every decision and, right. and dump a bunch of money into something, um, sometimes you get caught with your pants down sure. and, uh, and COVID or right. whatever yeah, the, the newest thing yeah. is, uh, makes it, makes it a little tough on you. So, um, I, I like watching how you guys are growing. Um, could you have been, you know, four times the size that you are right now if you had just, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Probably you, not. You could have though, yeah, but I mean, I mean but, yeah. but would that have been the right move for, right. for street side? Yeah. And I, I don't think so. Yeah. I so. think it, it, a lot of the investments that we've made have been, uh, like smart and like when we grew, so we added, when we added larger tanks last year, that was for a reason, uh, that reason no longer exists. And I kind of, I'm like, oh shit, these, these tanks are probably too big. But then we're now like splitting out all these batches right. and it's, it's more laborious for us to brew into them. But we're also able to fill up the tap board almost completely now right. because we're able to take these larger batches and split them into smaller batches and do different things. And that's why you see a lot more unique beers coming out. So those, the large tanks that we bought that probably aren't necessary are now... Uh, an advantage as opposed right. to what six months ago was was not an advantage. Right. Um, but I mean, I I think the biggest thing that you'll see from us is maybe like that giant forty five that you see might. If I were to do anything that was, I mean, just like we've been spitballing this is sell that forty five and just get three fifteens. Right. And just and have the same fermentation space, but a but the ability to switch up beers more frequently. Right. I like that tank for doing really large batches of Suh or Bless or like when we do Demogorgon, like we really only need to brew Demogorgon once a year if we have to, right. if we want to, because we can just brew put 40 it, barrels of it. Put it in we, a bunch of yeah, different barrels, different we do, adjuncts. Yeah, yeah we, do 40, we do 40 beer barrels of it and we, we that's all of our Demogorgon. We just switch up. Yeah, exactly. We can right. get rum barrels we get coconut rum barrels we get apple brandy barrels, apple brandy cinnamon whiskey <laughs> so yeah i mean like that's the it's a nice tank for that but also it it definitely limits it definitely limits variety uh, sometimes but not always it like limits variety during the slower time of the year during the winter when we can't turn 40 barrels of beer or 45 barrels of beer but during the summer when we're, when we're it's busy and everybody's we're selling a ton of beer that's when it that's right. when that beer that's when that tank provides us the, the ability to do a bunch of different stuff um 
that lens that starts me going down a different path, but I'll, I'll get to that. Um, let's talk about, since we're talking about Demogorgon, let's talk sure. about Demogorgon day before sure. we get too far into the weeds with sure. some other stuff I want to talk about. Um, you guys are doing a, a you, there have been Demogorgon days. Yeah. I don't know that any of them have been officially kind of branded as Demogorgon day right. though. Right. Yeah. They this were is, like, yeah, this is it the was, first time that it's kind of being put out there. Hey, this is the day that Demogorgon is coming. Yep. Um, it's a celebration of Demogorgon. Yep. <laughs> um, October 30th. Is that right? Yes. Um, talk about what's planned for that as much as you want to go into detail about some of the things that we can expect. Are we going to ever get a base Demogorgon? We are. This is the first year. Fantastic. So we are, we have second, second year. 10 cases of just a base, no, no adjuncts, just Demogorgon. I can't remember what, I think that was aged in a new Rift barrel pick. Uh, I would have to check. Some of this stuff is like, because we've got right. other stuff, like anniversary. It's, it's but any bourbon barrel. Yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. So uh, I can tell you what barrels so we've got some coconut rum barrels that are coming out uh, we've got some blanton's barrels that are coming out we've got that new riff um single barrel uh that's coming out that's no adjuncts the coconut rum and the blanton's will be adjuncted um and then we've got uh, all the stuff that we've released previously we've got going back to i think the beginning of last year that's awesome so we've got a bunch of i mean it's basically every Demogorgon that we've done in the last two issues. Um, and then we'll probably have some other surprises. Um, we'll have the the artist who designs everything is doing all the branding for it. Um, That's cool. It's so I don't know if anybody's if anybody's looking for his art, it's Andy Sahoza. Um, he does a lot of our cans, doesn't do all of them, but he does every Demogorgon can. So he's doing all the branding for it. So like look for glassware, look for t-shirts, look for all the designs that we put into it. And we're gonna we're gonna go all out. It's gonna be try try make it a little spooky in here. <laughs> uh, and then we'll see. I mean, and then after that, you're gonna, you're gonna you guys are gonna walk in and all of the tables are gonna be nailed to the ceiling. Yeah, exactly. So you run the upside yep. down. Yep. So. <laughs> Uh, I, I love Demogorgon as a, um, I guess as a brand within Streetside. I love how every every can or bottle that gets released has its own personality. I, I, it's I love it. I think yeah. it's. It, I mean, it's it's my it's my favorite beer that we do. Well, that's not true. It's not my favorite beer that we do. It's my favorite. Uh, it's my favorite thing to think about, like when we're doing everything. Uh, this was we were gonna do a Demogorgon Day last year. We didn't. We could have. Right. But we didn't. Um, and so this year we're going, we're going probably a little bit more in than we, we <laughs> would have, uh, otherwise. And I think next year will probably be a little bit, well, no, next year probably won't be any tamer because we're going to have so much more stuff. Um, and then I guess I should have said, we'll also have like the limited bottle stuff like we did with, um, right. Apple brandy. We'll be releasing some of the, like, we'll add We'll do adjuncts on top of adjuncts in within those within those other two barrels that we're releasing. Uh, what defi- within that series? How do you decide what goes into cans versus bottles? Because it's so, the first Demogorgon bottles we've seen right, since that since very first one. one. So that's this is kind of like John's thing. Actually, it is hundred percent John's thing. We we said uh, he suggested this when when we hired him. It was like one of the things that not that he pitched us, but he's like, I think this could be a really a really unique thing that we could do within within the Demogorgon series. So basically, I tell him, 
you figure it out and you tell me what we need and we do it and we'll we'll help you well now that it worked really well the first time we'll help you more but like the first time i was like no i'm not helping you at all like you got <laughs> you got to figure this out because i don't really want to do i don't really want i don't want a bottle i don't like bottling right uh, we don't have a bottling line we have to hand bottle everything so it's a huge pain in the ass uh, but it, it does make it more special, though. For sure. And, and, well, I mean, when you can only get 60 bottles, and you have to be here. Right. Uh, so that's one, of the, that's one of the things that we're going to – that's part of it. We want you to, we want you to be here. And, and I, I know people are going to be like, well, why don't you do online releases, all that? Well, like, if we want to be an online retailer, we would just be an online retailer. Right. Like, we, can, we want you to be here to drink it in, well, in the tap room where – I don't think I'm breaking any glass here telling people this. Craft beer is not just about the beer. It's, yeah. it's that experience yeah, exactly. around yeah. drinking the beer. Demogorgon well, is, is a fantastic beer, but guess what? Demogorgon tastes better when it's October 30th right. and it's a little chilly outside and you're standing on a patio kind of shivering a little bit, right. but drinking some you know Imperial Stout and having fun with your friends. Yeah. And, and it, like, yeah. that, that, it tastes better. <laughs> the, I think the thing that's kind of been forgotten this past year is like the experience of it all like a lot like when when breweries do these events we put a lot of time and effort and thought and all that into it like it's not unless like unless you're immunocompromised or like whatever you have kids or you don't want to be in public which i understand like then i understand why you want online releases but like it's just, about it's just a, because some of us have kids does not mean we want online releases. Sure, sure. I, mean, that's I, I just think I, it makes I, in-person releases more important because right. you can get away from your kids. Right. <laughs> I think it's just like we we do a ton of work to to put these to put this all this stuff together. Everything. I mean, literally everything. So showing up is like it's not that big. Of a but deal. even even if you are if you're if you aren't comfortable being around people in some way. Um, I mean, we won't go down the whole rabbit hole of that, but um, even if you show up, you, you buy some beer, have have one beer, two beers maybe, and then you go home. Like you're not hanging out all day and stuff. Like that's that's okay too. Right. Find find your comfort level within that, right. and, and you don't have to criticize people for right. well, everything the ten, that the, they do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the ten will still be there. You'll be able to go outside. We're going to open up their brew house floor so you can spread out downstairs. Like, there's going to be plenty of open space. Uh, I mean, we're, we're still cognizant of the fact that we're in the middle of a fucking global pandemic and this is a bunch of fucking horseshit. But, like, we can't do anything about it, so don't get mad at us that a virus is... What a well, raging throughout the the fucking globe and be respectful of the people around you when you are out you know you can if you pay attention you can see the people that are more comfortable the people that are less comfortable yeah. don't get in people's bubbles if you can tell that they're uncomfortable right. with being around people and they're venturing out for what you know Just don't be an asshole guys yeah, like, everybody quit like it's crazy I, how that how that works I, at one point i thought things were like this was going to provide some kind of turning point for people to not be assholes as much anymore. Yeah. And how long did I'm, that last? Was, starting, it like the, was it the first fucking week? Or? Well, I'm starting to see that like, yes, people are still assholes, but it's almost like different people being assholes for different reasons. Yeah. Now no, it's like, there's sure. just always going to be people yeah. just mean to each other. And right. I, it's true. Uh, so 
I forgot the rabbit hole I was going to go down before now, but um, I, I do want to touch a little bit. And I if I don't mention it, I will get angry emails. You've gotten a little bit of shit from some other people locally about some of the uh, w- what they consider intellectual property theft on labels. Sure. Um, how that? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it after. We start. <laughs> no, I, Shift Beers has mentioned it a lot on their show, giving you a, a, a lot of it's in, in fun. They're always drinking the beer when they when they do mention it. But um, towing that line between um, pushing kind of uh, the fun side of craft beer and right. that uh, the versus crossing the line how do you how do you balance that out and well um, uh, all of the art is unique art it's all original it's all original by art. an artist so it's if I'm not sure because I know where it's coming from I feel like <laughs> I'm I'm probably I probably should refrain but when it's an artist's depiction of something, I don't know what to fucking tell you. It's right. their depiction. And most of the time, I don't tell them what to do. So, it's big it's, old fucking shrug emoji. <laughs> it's, it's hard when you are a brewery that a huge part of the branding and a huge part of the personality of the brewery is like this, this pop culture references and things like that. Um, I think you guys do a great job of... There are some that there are of, some that absolutely that total, no. There are some pushing that absolutely that probably went up way beyond where they where they should have. But like, thank you. Uh, but I mean, we've been hearing about since this fucking. I'm holding up toasted coconut. <laughs> I've been hearing about since Demogorgon, and you know what? Like, if you don't like it, why don't you send me an email? <laughs> Well, people I, in the industry. Again, please. well, I the only one that I'm going to call out on the air is uh, the guys from Shift Beers. Like I said, it's it's hard if you are a brewery that your personality is pop culture references right. to 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 play on that line. You there are going to be things that are on this side, and there's going to be things that are definitely on this side of it. And I think it's also different for us because like some of the beers, like I I'm I'm going to go so far as to say I can guess which ones they're talking about because they're the same ones that we know that we push the line right situation normal the blueberry pancake yeah it has two stormtroopers on it it's probably a one-off so i mean it might come back it's not going to be brewed all the time guys you can you can relax like i'm not going to be making it all the time (laughs) you're not gonna have to see it you don't have to sorry about the intellectual property um so i don't know i mean it's not every one of our cans is that and also it's all unique artwork, and I believe legally we are covered. I'm not a lawyer, um, and I will, like, I'm going to say it again. I'm not a lawyer, <laughs> but um, that's covered under artist depiction. Right, right. Uh, there you go, guys. I asked it. I mean, <laughs> Don't send me angry emails. <laughs> um, what are we drinking now? <laughs> we'll just shift gears completely to this get is, away uh, from that. <laughs> this is Four Horsemen. This is the... Uh, bourbon barrel aged bourbon barrel aged imperial stout with bananas, marshmallow, fluff peanut butter and vanilla so this is what we're releasing at the anniversary it was aged, I don't actually remember what it was aged in because we didn't put it this will be, we're gonna like uh, this will be a base that we kind of like bring back and change and, and probably do super limited small stuff 
Um, oh, that's. So what did you say was in there? Uh, bananas, bananas, marshmallow, peanut butter, vanilla. That is yeah. good. Yeah. So it's. Uh, it's a so. My gripe with a lot of pastry stouts is sometimes it kind of really smacks you over the head yeah. and becomes overly, overly sweet and overly candy. Which I, a lot of people, that's what they want. Right. Um, this is not that at all. This is this is great. So this was this is probably not the base was not a pastry stout. The base was so that we brewed this beer at the beginning of 2020. Basically, when everything shut down, we brewed two beers. Uh, when like when when nobody was allowed in any tap rooms, all that. Uh, we brewed Plague Doctor, barley wine, and we brewed uh, we brewed Four Horsemen. So Four Man. Horsemen, we used we only used the grain that we had. So it was I don't I can't even tell you the recipe. And then we we did basically turned thirty barrels of suh into a barley wine, and then we used the rest of the grain that we had left over for like a seven or ten barrel batch of this. Um, I think. Because I had time, I drove down. I believe there it's aged in Heaven Hill barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had time to drive down to Louisville on a random day just to pick <laughs> up barrels. Um, and then we we were trying it. It definitely um, it had like a peanut butter kind of peanut brittle flavor. And I was like, all right, well, why don't we lean into the peanut butter? But we'd just done. We knew the Infinite Possibilities, which was the pastry stout with chocolate and peanut butter, was coming out. And I was like, all right, well, this, we need to like break up the amount of peanut butter and chocolate. Right. Uh, so we did banana uh, and marshmallow. Well, it, when you read that description, you expect pastry stout, whereas right. to me, this is more of adjuncted stout yeah. with some yeah. of those pastry type yeah. flavors. It doesn't even say, it doesn't say, it just says imperial stout. Okay. Uh, and that's, I would probably call it a pastry stout because it does taste like banana bread, uh, but it's, I was checking out what was going on downstairs. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's not too sweet. I think it's, I think it's just I, the perfect level of sweetness. It doesn't hurt. This doesn't is hurt. exactly what I want yeah. from an adjunct. Yeah. Like and I, I think this is like more along the lines of what, like what you'd expect from Demogorgon. Yeah. Um, and this was, I think, uh, I'm happy with it. I think the double marshmallow will be really mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, that'll be in bottles. Um, we got pink. That's too, so. <laughs> we have labels somewhere. I hope. I think. Um, but yeah, that's that'll be not. We don't have to make it. We just have to. We just have to bottle it. That's the better way to say that, I guess. Um, <laughs> Which, as you've mentioned, is probably the harder part. <laughs> it's, it just takes a long time. It's it's a lot of a lot of man hours. Um, but yeah, that's. That's that's the that's the that was like the focus of the anniversary until I decided that we we're gonna add four four <laughs> cans four cans of large batches. But yeah, I mean, it was I I really like the way this beer turned out. Um, it's it's one of those ones that you we brewed it and we hoped it was good and it's it was pretty good and I think it's better now that we adjuncted it. So um, well, it's it's got that still has that bigger body that you that I guess a lot of people want out of Imperial Stouts now whereas I think um, uh, traditionally Imperial Stouts are probably a little bit thinner and I think that this this blame that on milkshake IPA maybe of people expecting their beers to all be like thick heavy big kind of things but um, it's wild this does kind of have a bigger body to it it satisfies that uh, I think one of the most wild things I've seen is like 
on Untapped, which I still check. I've I, I'll I'll update, break that I'll, habit. I'll, I'll update you when I stop. <laughs> um, I did break it for a while, but it's actually really hard. It's harder now, now that we're releasing so many beers. Right. It's you got check stuff. <laughs> you got check names more frequently. Um, it's the amount of people saying like a pastry stout that finishes like like super high finishing gravity which if you're a beer nerd you know if you're not a beer nerd it just means how much sugar is left yeah. in the beer are saying it's thin and I was like I don't know what to tell you people like either you <laughs> want either you want to just drink chocolate milk or you want to drink beer and like guess what I mean I, and the thing is like a lot some of the beers turns out they just yeah, wanted candy yeah some of the beers that we've released are like towing the line of just releasing chocolate milk but I don't like you guys stop you guys stop complaining about body i don't know what to tell you like at some point either you just come in and drink it straight out of the fermenter as it's fermenting and as we just put it in or like i don't i don't know just i'll get you a frosty from wendy's if that's what you want it, it is interesting to see that segment of craft beer develop over the last you know i'll, I'll say five years or so yeah. is where it's gotten louder and why that has been where people have have drifted yeah. towards what they want versus I I know I've said this theory on this podcast before, but it's the generation that grew up drinking pop. Well, and it's it's interesting that you say that because you have these people that want these super sweet things, and then at the same time you have this rise of seltzer, and yeah. you know it's it all is yeah. the same kind of yeah. idea. Yeah, of it's just <laughs> it's just pop. People just uh, want candy. Yeah, <laughs> I I mean, and I I'm just as guilty of it. Uh, I'm just as guilty of it as a lot of people. I mean, I like my I like my seltzers. I like my pastry stouts, but I'm also like a nice a nice pilsner. A nice like over the weekend we were at the Bengals game and we I mean we crushed a 24 pack of Modelo uh, because it's it's nice and attenuated right. and nice and crisp. <laughs> I wasn't I'm not out there drinking 24 pastry stouts. That's for sure. That's uh, another rabbit hole there. Um, what what the, brewers drink? <laughs> well, no, of, of, of Pilsners. Yeah. And this, I love that you can get Pilsners at a lot of breweries now. Yeah. But I'm getting tired of poorly made Pilsners. Yeah. That aren't aren't that dry, snappy, yeah. no, kind of I mean, thing. Like, and it, it, call it something else, and I won't be mad. But call it a Pilsner. I'm, I have an expectation. Well, I think part of the I think part of the problem is, uh, I mean, we we made we made one we made a dry hot pilsner and it, it didn't turn out like I wanted it to. Um, I think it was I think it was well received. I think people liked it. I it wasn't what I wanted it to be. I was disappointed in it, um, and it, then it scares me off of making another one. Right. <laughs> and that's part of the problem is like uh, everybody. I mean, all the brewers want to make a pilsner, but like I I only want to make one if it's going to be good. Right. And I can't predict that it's going to be exactly what I want until it is done. And then at that point it's too late. Right. And that's, and that's always um, like one of the, I said it about barely sours is just like, let the barely sour people make their barely sour. Like, right. it, they didn't sell for us. What we're going to, we're going to step away from it. It's kind of how I feel about Pilsners too. Like the people who make Pilsners, the, the Columbus Brewing Company and the and the Fatheads and the everybody. I mean, those are the two I drank this weekend. That's why I'm calling them out, um, <laughs> not because people in town don't make good pilsners or good loggers, but um, let them make good loggers, and I'll stick to my 
New England's and I know that I make them well. So well, I, do you think we're going to see more places kind of figure that out and not try to do everything? No, I don't. I think a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people, this is not just a Cincinnati thing. This is a industry wide thing. I think there's a lot of very, um, there's not a lot of self-awareness in the, um, in the craft beer industry. I think well, a lot of people make, think that they're making something well and they're not. And the only, and they, if you're if you're giving them your money, then you're then it's, you're encouraging them to continue to make something not well, or encouraging them to not improve. Right. Um, and I, like that's the thing. Like I, I mean, I, like I, I'll take a look at the board, and then reconcile it with sales, and be like, all right, well, this beer is not selling particularly well. Like I, like what can I do either to improve it, or should I just like cut it out completely, or, um, or whatever. I mean, what do I need to do to what do I need to do to either make that beer better the next time I make it, or uh, do I say, well, I fucked that one up pretty bad. Uh, this is good. this is either like I fucked it up in a way that like it's it's fine to be served. Like it, pe- there's a certain segment of people that like it, uh, but like the vast majority of people don't like it. Right. Do I really want to? Do I really want to put this beer out again? I think that's the biggest thing for me. Um, it's not that like we don't put out bad beer. Um, we might put up beer that people don't like or some people don't <laughs> like, but we don't put out bad beer. Um, and I think the, um, I think that's like just figuring out like, Hey, we, we didn't hit quite hit the mark. I mean, one of my, one of my favorite examples is like one of the, one of our very early beers. Uh, it was a dry hop goza. It tasted so bad and I thought it was fine. And then the longer I, the longer it was on tap, the longer I realized it was it sucked, and it's never come back, and it never will come back. And we will never try <laughs> hop another Goza ever again. Or if we're gonna do that, we're gonna add something else to like kind of counteract what what that. Like, I don't know. It was this weird fucking aroma. It was awful, <laughs> um, and it was it sucked. I think we ended up dumping a lot of it because I was like, after it was on tap, and after I realized what like how it tasted and how it smelled, I was like, this sucks. Like, let's get rid of it. Yeah. Um, I think that's I think that's something that you just having that awareness is important. Well, I think it's also the awareness of like you said looking at looking at your tap list and and in a different way finding those those gaps yeah. and how you can fill those gaps in your way. It's like yeah. just because you don't have a pilsner on make and a you know, blonde. And make you a know that people like yeah. pilsners, it doesn't mean you have to make a pilsner. Yeah. Make something that yeah. fits into that demographic yeah. or that 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 need for people yeah. and i think I, that's the thing like that's why we make a blonde that's why we make a colch both of those beers are a little bit more forgiving than a pilsner i think a colch is a well-executed colch is extremely difficult but i think we kind of we figured it out we kind of figure out how we want to make it and all that so like that's why we have one on tap almost right. all the time or if we don't we have a blonde on um i think that's important that that awareness that Hey, well, and tank space and production-wise, and that's that's another that's a whole right. other portion of the conversation that like most people don't care about. But like, loggers take a long time. They doing, should doing loggers well takes an even longer time. Um, so to uh, to do them well takes a lot of production space, a lot of time, and a lot of thought. And then if it sucks, then you're stuck with a beer that sucked and you sat it, it sat well, in the tank for 60 days. I just think it's important that you don't have to. Like, if right. you yeah. if you aren't going to make a great lager, don't, don't 
don't dedicate that tank right. space. Don't don't try to fill that need. Right. If you can't do a great barrel aged imperial stout, don't do it. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. There is another place that can do that. Right. Barrel aged sours. If you can't do it well, yeah. don't freaking do it. Right. Like there's somebody else that's doing it well. Right. You have to find that thing that you do well right. and own that and, yeah. and really push that. And I, you know. Uh, urban artifact may rub some people the wrong way from time to time on how they say it, but um, from the beginning, you know they've been screaming at the top of their lungs. Just find what you do and right. do it, and right. there will be people that will come in and will buy that, right. and then there will be people that will yell at you and tell you hey, you're stupid for doing it. Right, but that's but that, okay. That's, I'm, <laughs> I mean, they they're distributed in eight states now, and I mean. I, selling a ton of beer so they're doing something right yeah you just uh, own who you are exactly i mean i don't and there's nothing there's nothing wrong yeah exactly doing what you do best is the best way to continue to be in business uh, and you'll find your market and as long as you're not actively i think as long as you're not actively making it difficult for customers to drink your beer or <laughs> whatever not even like i mean like if you are in a hole in the wall 30 miles from civilization, right. yeah, you might have a hard time. You might be making the best beer in the world, but you're probably going to have a hard time right. attracting customers. But, like, make it a little bit easier. But even, it, that doesn't, package, but even that doesn't mean that you can't do right. it. I exactly. mean, you can, you should, yeah, we can make to, a list of places that are out in the middle of nowhere right. that exactly. have people flock out there exactly. because because the beer is greater, yeah. because the people are greater, that atmosphere yeah. is great. Like, there's just do that own well. who you are. Yeah. Know who you are is the first thing. Right. <laughs> um, you know, before this is not a show about starting a brewery, but, you know, before you do anything else i think you have to really understand who you want that business to be right. you have to know that core of of, of who you are right. and then everything else has to fall in line around that and there's a I lot would, of people that have struggled with that I, I, say, I would argue that maybe we are the we are a bad example of that because we definitely didn't everybody's like, a bad example of i mean it. like when we first started that like what we're what we do now is not what we were doing uh but i think the the our focus on like being a neighborhood brewery and, yeah. and community and all that was was one of the important things, and uh, I think that is probably what carried us through. Well, it's us the, figuring some things out beer wise. Cincinnati beer in twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen was greatly different. Was then. very different yeah. than it is yeah, today. You know, sure. it's like you you don't have you don't have as much leeway to figure yourself right. out as yeah. you might have then. Yeah. And I, I do think you guys did have an idea of who you were pretty yeah. good. I think it's been refined over the time. For sure. And I think some of it is just like things change as, as you evolve. I mean, right. like I, I'm not the same person I was five years ago, which means that I'm not going to brew the same beer that I five year that I liked five years ago. Uh, I still like a lot of the same things, but it's, uh, it's just like you're never gonna be you're never gonna continue to brew the same thing over and over and over again i mean it i think i think a good example is probably magic where yeah. like they start out doing one thing and now they do a bunch of other things and they do them all really well and I mean, both madry and ryan guys i think are great examples yeah. of yeah. i mean look at yeah they're the two biggest breweries in the, in the city and they have evolved and that's they've and they've evolved well and yes i think that was I think that's a something that everyone should strive for and it's also like very aspirational to see those guys do it and be able to pivot and do what 
and learn what ma- what beer is good and what beer sells and and combine both of those. I think ego comes into play with a lot of a lot of people in this industry of thinking that their idea of what people should be drinking is is the only thing and to to get to that point where you can let go of that and realize that what what you want in your glass may not be what you should be pouring into everybody's glasses. Yeah, I mean, to, I some, would, to yeah, some extent. I, say, I would agree with that. I'm trying to think of like something that I don't really have. I don't think I have any beers that we're married to that we make over and over again that like no one drinks um, because I'm very, I I'm very confident. But in, like, if if when you guys were planning this brewery, I told you that you were going to make a beer with uh, vanilla and coconut and peanut butter and skittles and something i yeah i so don't like, know that you would have believed me <laughs> i probably i mean so like yeah i mean maybe it's it's a i think i i think i'd probably be like who the fuck is ordering that because like five, six years ago five years ago when i first started brewing whatever i didn't start brewing five years ago when i first started getting interested in craft beer and then home brewing and then volunteering at Madry and going to school and then going to brewing school, not just college guys, sorry. Um, and then working at Rivertown. People, I mean, pumpkin beer was still a big thing. Winter beer was still a big thing. You <laughs> right, know what I mean? Like when right. I was, when I worked at Rivertown, I, I brewed up. Pumpkin beer is I, still a big thing. <laughs> for some people. I mean, and, and we just made some. Look at that. I mean, we just, we just canned 25 cases last week and it's all gone. Uh, so obviously somebody's drinking it, but uh, <laughs> I mean, when we were when I was there, pastry stouts weren't really a thing. Yeah, I mean, we did. I think we did a one of my last beers may have been like a, a Buckeye Stout, uh, and it was like that was weird. Yeah, it wasn't like something we weren't making a ton of. We weren't making a ton of, and it. It's, Robling, hard, it's Robling. hard to remember that. Yeah, I mean, like Robling was a thing. You know, what I mean, like yeah. Robling, Robling still is a thing. I'm sure, but like oh. it's. I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, but like we we were making a hundred barrels of it at a time, and now it, a coffee stout, a nitro coffee stout, or a, a bottled coffee stout is is kind of hard to find. Right. Uh, there's still some places that do it, but like that's that's how different it was. That's how different it is six years ago to to now. But being that, being willing as a as a brewer as an owner of a brewery to change with that, I think is is difficult for yeah. some people. I can make a list of a few names. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. I I 100 agree that it's difficult, but like, also like, uh, one of the most important things to me is staying in business. So sure, <laughs> I like to. I mean, I like to be able to like support myself, support my family, and make sure that everyone here is still is still making enough money that they can well, pay their pay their bills. That's what's so. I mean, I don't want to say it's messed up, but the, hard to wrap your head around is that when you get to a certain point as a business, like you're not just you're not just satisfying your urge no. to own a brewery no, to, to make beer yeah. and have a place you can sit that down is, and have a beer. You're responsible for other people's yeah, livelihood. I'm trying to think. I, mean, I think we employ 20 people. I mean, all 20 people are. Yeah, all 20 people. I was gonna say not all 20 people rely on us for their to pay their bills but i mean you're, we have you're at least a enough, piece of, yes of enough everything. enough people rely on us 100 percent to pay their bills that if i decide to just like be an amber i want to just make amber beer like 
That might that work. Would be a, that there's, would not, be, there's nobody doing that. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a, quite the pivot. But like, that would be a big thing. That'd be that would be a big thing. And we would one, we'd lose a lot of people. But two, people that worked here would not be able to pay their bills. Right. So the, the brewers that we employ, the sellermen that we employ, the the part time help that we employ, the bartenders, everybody. That's that. Okay, there's your that's your income, and that's gone. Right. So I think being intelligent and knowing not being intelligent. What's that? Sorry, everyone. Um, being conscious. Being conscious and, and uh, being self-aware. Uh, going back to self-awareness. Self-aware. It's, it's, it's important to be those things. And it's important to see, hey, this beer's not making money. Let's let's pull the plug, not brew it again. Or if we're going to brew it again, let's make sure that we make it better or whatever. So, yeah, whatever. That was a, little, that was a long <laughs> rant about a bunch of bullshit. But. No, but I mean, like, it's, it's the thing that I think people don't think about when they come in and they sit down at a bar. And they're like, oh man, why don't why don't you have this? Like, why don't you guys make this kind of beer? Yeah. It's like, well, it's it's way more complicated than just yeah, making this for you. Yeah, I, I I'll be honest. Like, for the people that ask me that, like, I don't I don't just fucking throw darts at a dartboard. And be like, oh, I guess I'm making a black IPA today. Right. Which I've used black IPA as an example of beers I that I don't IPA. want that I won't make <laughs> a lot. Uh, so sorry to the black IPA fans that have been listening to me talk for the last like three days. Um, I used it like 18 times yesterday. <laughs> um, but it's a good example of yeah, one of those yeah. things that you may love that yeah. style. And you may know people that love that style, but to be aware that it is not something that is going to sell is I think more important. S- somebody, somebody posted somewhat recently, oh, Matt Kester, I'm calling you out. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not calling him out. But he posted like, it was a meme about like, you're gonna call yourself a brewery, and you you don't you didn't make a you don't make a wit, you don't make a quad, you don't make a triple. You're gonna sit there and tell me you'll make an English mild and uh, whatever. And I was like, bro, I promise you, if those beers sold that are in this meme, saison is always a good example of that too. Very good example. If those beers sold, I would I would make them, but they don't sell. And like Matt is aware of that. Most people most people that are industry or industry of jays understand that like those beers don't sell that's why you don't see them and like some breweries are large enough that they can get away with right throwing in a saison or a dark mild or whatever but like every tank that every time that we brew it's important because <laughs> it's it's money if I mean, you are a brewery and you make truth you can make whatever else you want to just for shits and giggles. Because so. Truth is the the highest selling IPA. I think the maybe even the highest selling beer in all of Ohio. That's I don't I mean I don't I, have I don't have the sales numbers in front of me, but I've heard that I've heard that, that would reference make, that would make enough sense. Yeah. that by other people who do know sales numbers, uh, that that's it's it's if it's not if it's not the truth, <laughs> it's close <laughs> enough to the truth. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. Like it, every beer we, for the most part, we can't afford to have a dub. Right. Not that we're going to go out of business, but having something that's going to sit on that draft list for six months is a bad thing for us. Right. That's a tap that didn't turn over. That, those are kegs that didn't turn over. Those are cans that didn't turn over, all that. So, like, when you come in and you say, hey, man, I really, really, really like... like name something that sucks. <laughs> I, I love... Brown IPAs, <laughs> wet hot brown IPAs, because no one, maybe no one makes that. I'm not gonna say no There's one makes it. There's gotta be one somewhere. <laughs> I really love those beers. Why the fuck didn't you make that this year? Like it was just harvest season. You should have made it. 
well, that I I would be hard pressed to sell a single pint of that. I right. think. No, I mean, so that's what that's what I'm. That's that's one of those things. Where, like, it's it's important to it's important to be making beers that people want, and it's you can as long as if you're big enough, you can you can throw beers on that might not sell super fast because you're going to find enough I mean especially if you're especially if you're a Madrid Ryan guys right. a 50 West one of those guys that's making more than 5,000 7,000 barrels whatever you're going to find your 250 Saison fans that are going to buy that from you right whereas we might not we might attract two Saison fans a night they might be attracting 10 and those 10 sell enough beer right. and whatever you know what I mean it's just like it's a it's a the old industry of scale or whatever that right so yeah that's this is this is <laughs> we're, we're going i guess deep. this is like a how to start a brewery and how to how to run your your brewery podcast now it's <laughs> not not so much of it's what happens when we do podcasts in the middle of the day before, saying, instead yeah, of yeah it's like well, i'm not i'm not as fun right now as i am at about five o'clock um we are drinking uh some more demogorgon yes. or some demogorgon yeah. um i love I, I, we, we talked about earlier. I love Demogorgon. I think this is, uh, to me, my favorite part of who you guys are as a brewery is, is Demogorgon. Um, so this is toasted coconut and vanilla Demogorgon batch two. I think both of these are batch one and batch two are my favorite beers. I, I mean, like that's that's bar that's bar none. Like I love. I have a couple other ones that I really like. If you ever see me in the brewery, I'm mostly drinking um, Ghostface Killer, which is always what, like, that's why Ghostface Killer, a beer that I'm married to that doesn't <laughs> sell, doesn't, it sells, doesn't sell great, uh, but I like it, so it, it's gang, it'll keep coming back. Right. <laughs> um, I try, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I like my fruited kale sours. Uh, this is my favorite, this is my favorite period, like, number one with a bullet, whatever. I Again, mean, I'll, I'll drink the whole game. It does toe that line between that yeah. adjuncted imperial stout yeah. and pastry stout. I think, I think maybe that's probably what's fun for me with you guys too is that you do have that gamut of what a stout is in today's craft beer. From you know, from hopefully now we'll get to you know have that uh, that base demogorgon, yeah, all the way up to some of these pastry stouts that are loaded with more candy than beer yeah man i mean it's <laughs> trying to think we don't have Nah, i mean whatever so one of the demogorgons will be is a literally there's candy but but i love it's, i love i think seeing it'll be that. i think it'll be fine i think because it's not it's well attenuated I think it, but there's a, there, there's a scale there, and it's okay to play on yeah. all of those different parts of the scale and give right. people give people what they want. Like, man, yeah. we're going out for a stout night, and you grab a bunch of your favorite stout drinkers. Guess what? That doesn't that scale of what those people think is a stout is very different. Right. You're going to sure. have some people that are wanting, uh, you know, based on McGorgan. You're going to have some people that are wanting something loaded up with a bunch of candy yeah. bars or something. Yeah, so. for sure. I mean, like. I, I'm just thinking of like a, a, we used to make a coffee stout, uh, and we don't make it anymore because it didn't sell very well. Right. But like, it was, it was a well attenuated stout that was not. It just it tasted like coffee. It tasted like cold brew coffee. That was like the point. I would make it again, but it didn't. Right. Maybe it would sell now that I have a canning line. But back when it was all draft all the time, 
it was it's it's hard it, it's also hard to it's hard to to, to market a, uh, a an imperial stout with coffee when it's sitting next to all this other stuff that is yeah. more exciting to right. read about right, and more sure. exciting mean, like, to talk about yeah there's 25 pounds of marshmallow in this beer and then there's just like this this beer has coffee <laughs> this beer is not has not touched the barrel and it it just has coffee in it that's i mean that's that's fine i and i understand that that's like the that's the nature of the beast right um and that's not i'm i'm perfectly i am perfectly willing to do both right. uh well not perfectly willing to do both because i've made that coffee sound a while but like <laughs> i demogorgon recipe probably won't change i mean there's there's always some tweaks to it we always do a little bit something to to change it up uh just to if especially if we're like all right it needs to do something to be for a little bit right uh, whatever whatever the flavor is we're like this isn't quite coming out like we want it to we used to it used to be if you were able to if you had bottle one of demogorgon and you had this thing then you had the the single barrel downstairs because those are the only two unadjunct demogorgons that you could have. I think you would notice that the the original the original batch was much had a, like a almost like a Dr Pepper flavor, mm-hmm. and then we're, we've kind of taken some of the some of the malt out that gives it that like dark plum Coke flavor and lean more into the like the chocolatey light chocolate that kind of flavor. I think the original batch was more roasty less roasty now for sure because i hate roast and stouts <laughs> um and i so like there's there's an evolution i think we've kind of maybe not hit the exact i don't want to say that it's it's exactly how i want it to be but it's as close as it's gonna be um there might be there's always something that changes but well, and that that idea of what you think it is supposed to be may change over time too for sure. like that's for it's sure. that's that's what makes it fun yeah um, as we wrap things up, what's what's next for Streetside? What you know, when you look past anniversary parties and Demogorgon days and events and things like that, what is next big picture for you guys? I don't know, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I honestly like. There's not. I mean, we did. That's my jam two years ago maybe mm-hmm. we'll bring that back i haven't decided yet that's kind of like a it's kind of a thing that i would like to do and it was like it was fun uh, i thought it was a nice showcase of fruit beers in ohio i would like to if we're going to do it i'd like to really try to get some out-of-state breweries that don't right. distribute here and do a do something with that um but that's, that's you don't have some secret plan for world domination or anything though. no man i mean just trying to Try to make some beer. Just try and make some beer. Try and not, not, uh, uh, not hate my life too much. <laughs> well, I mean, it's this can be a very good life if you, uh, yeah, if you remember what you're doing. I think, yeah, it's make some beer, make some beer that people like. Uh, try to go to some cool festivals that we aren't hosting next year. I mean, we've got uh, John will be down at Brownie Bash with Pontoon next week. Uh, I don't think we have anything else. I guess. If Fobab decides to invite us, uh, we'll be there. Uh, I would hope so. We won a medal. Yeah, you guys have some stuff that would do awesome. Well, with I mean, I, like I don't, I don't know how it's working this year because everything is so up in the air with every event now. That's in what, like February? November. Or something? Is yeah, it? it's coming I up. It was, it's, I thought it was early in the I year. I think it's like the. I think it's the next weekend after. Gotcha. Yeah. 
So that'll suck. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it won't suck. It'll just be, it's a lot of work. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's hopefully get some beer out of state and do some cool stuff and all that. We've got, uh, got all these crazy licenses because we have, we've been going to festivals. So we yeah. we're distributed. Like we beers going to Indiana, not all the time, but somewhat, somewhat frequently. And then, uh, Suz going down to Georgia for the first time. That's fun. And, uh, so like, because <laughs> as part of Brownie Bash, like they, the, the distributor wanted to pick something else up so that they weren't just shipping a pallet of two sixtals. Right. Um, so we're sending down Suh. Um, so 20 cases of Suh will hit a city of a million people. So <laughs> I don't know who's going to see it, but whatever, I guess. I mean, I would guess that like a bottle shop that is particularly busy might be able to take five cases. Right. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not running. I'm not running that. I just, I sent it to them because that's what they, they want something. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. That's just, cool. It's, I mean, we've, with all the stuff that we've been doing with all these collaborations, we've been able to get beer to different States. And I think that's, that's probably the most exciting thing um, that we've got going on. It's like our beer is finally leaving the the state of Ohio. Um, I'm not, I don't think I don't think that we're gonna ever like permanently distribute in Kentucky or Indiana or wherever. Right. But um, well, that's not true. I don't. Did I say ever? I don't think we're gonna do it in the next six to twelve months. But uh, who knows? 2023, 2024, maybe we'll decide that we'll actually hit Kentucky. Right. Uh, maybe we'll actually hit Indiana. I think a lot of things. It's Northern just, Kentucky, especially, I think, would be very uh, yeah. And <laughs> I think I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's. Uh, I don't. Know. I have I have thoughts on on the whole three tier system that don't that are that's part of that's part of why I'm so reticent to right to send beer to other places and have to sign my life away to to someone to sell my beer. Whereas these, especially in Indiana or uh, or Georgia now, it's a uh, temporary it's a temporary license that only lasts a couple months so, right uh, yeah that's, that's that's a whole show within itself talking about some of that yeah stuff. you'll have to, have to bring on some have to bring on some people that are probably a little bit more comfortable talking about than I am. <laughs> and i'm very comfortable talking about but just not on a recorded uh, oh, understand thing. understand completely well i appreciate you making some time i know today is a hectic day for you guys um there's a lot going on here at Streetside. If you haven't been here for a while, maybe maybe because of what the last couple of years have looked like, or just maybe because there's three thousand breweries in Cincinnati, come down here. Um, this weekend, it's this freaking weekend. fantastic. Come please, come, please come <laughs> to the anniversary party. Make it make it worth all the trouble that we just went through. And the anniversary party is all weekend long. There's yes. lots, tons of stuff that's being released. Make sure that you are following them on social media, yes. um, especially Instagram. You guys are. Put a lot of stuff out there on Instagram, and it's uh, a great way to uh, to be up on top of everything that's happening. But uh, follow them everywhere because you'll get all the latest as things are being announced and released. And um, yeah, I, I I appreciate so much what you guys are doing right now. I feel Here, like you're looking on. something important. I know. Up. I'm looking up. I'm looking up the actual the 24th through the 26th. We start on Friday at noon. Uh, please come and make it worthwhile for us to not do any production stuff on that front end. <laughs> uh, and then we have uh, just keep following the Instagram and, and Facebook because we'll, we've got 
couple more things that you'll hear about. I'm sure we'll have uh, all that draft stuff. We'll have names and official names and official times of tapping and all right. that. And when you can, what day it'll be on and all that. So um, make your plans around around the celebration and and put Demogorgon Day on your calendar. Yeah, um, October 30th. Uh, it's a great way to that. That's is that a Saturday? That'll be Saturday. That's yeah. gonna be a killer weekend yeah, between just, Halloween and Demogorgon Day and it's flying pig. Mm, it's yeah, it's gonna which be, is not something that I have to worry about, but my wife's <laughs> running it, so I'm gonna be. I see lots I'm of pictures of people so running <laughs> to pick her up at the at the finish line. Sorry, there's probably lots of electrolytes at the finish line that you can I, probably snag. <laughs> I might just be chasing Demogorgon with PDLA. <laughs> um, thank you very much. We will be back Good. next week. Um, I don't know who's on next week off the top of my head, but uh, you'll see it next week. Make sure you're subscribed and follow on all of your favorite social media platforms. Cincy Brewcast, it's the voice of Cincy Craft.